0: I'm not afraid. Are you? The Watchman Speaks discusses biblical solutions to modern day dilemmas. I'll tell you the truth, even if it's not what you want to hear. I am the old Watchman, Ezekiel. I pray you listen. Welcome to The Watchman Speaks. I'm your host, Lonnie Richardson. At the airing of this episode, we are in the second day of the third month of Sivan, or Sehwan as it is pronounced. And again, I'm speaking in terms of God time, and how God created time, and the seasons in which he works. Siwan is the third month of God's calendar. Sewan is mentioned in Esther chapter 8 verse 9 by name which makes the name Siwan a post-Babylonian exile name. Prior to the Babylonian exile, the third month was simply known as the third month. So what happened in the Bible during the third month? Well, in Exodus 19.1, Moses led Israel into the Sinai wilderness in the third month on the 14th day. And God called Moses and Israel to the foot of Mount Sinai with the sound of a ram's horn, Shafar. It's the thing about the sound of the shofar, which is like the voice of God, that was reiterated in Revelation chapter 1, verse 10, and chapter 4, verse 1. In Numbers 16, verses 9 through 10, God said that Shavuot, or the Feast of Weeks, was to be celebrated seven weeks or seven Sabbaths after Passover. In Leviticus, God is more specific and states that Shavuot was 50 days after Passover. Shavuot was when the wheat crops came in. It was harvest time. It is when God poured out the blessing of grain for bread upon Israel. Subsequently, this coincides perfectly with Pentecost in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 1, in the New Testament, where it references the day of Pentecost. In Koine Greek, Pentecost means literally 50 days. It was 50 days after Passover it is when God poured out his Holy Spirit upon all flesh. Thought I'd give you that little note in case you might be thinking that they weren't still observing Passover after Jesus had left the scene. They certainly were. It is when Jesus sent his Holy Spirit. And guess what? Pentecost does not always follow on Sunday as the Western Church would have you believe. You will not find Pentecost Sunday anywhere in the Bible. I reckon the Jews may not have the actual Sabbath misplaced after all. In Second Chronicles chapter fifteen, verse ten, it was in the third month that King Asa of Judah brought about reforms that brought Judah back into alignment with God in the third month. In second Chronicles chapter thirteen verse seven. Heaps of first fruits offerings began to accumulate in the third month to restore the temple and continued into the seventh month, which would take the tithe offerings into the Feast of Weeks, through the Feast of Trumpets, and into the Feast of Tabernacles, from feast to feast, which would indicate, at least to me, that from the Feast of Weeks, Pentecost, until the Feast of Trumpets is a time in which we, as a temple of God, accrue blessings through first fruits offerings at the beginning of each month. This year, Shavuot, or Pentecost, begins at sunset May 25th and goes through May 27th. However, May 26th, Saturday, is the actual day of Pentecost. In Esther, chapter 8, verse 9, Mordecai had scribes write out the orders that would save the Jews from annihilation throughout all Babylon on the 23rd day of the third month. Hmm. In Ezekiel chapter thirty-one, verse one, God spoke through the prophet to warn Pharaoh of a serious, doomed fate and destruction. Now, as I've already mentioned in regard to Numbers sixteen verses ten, nine, and ten, excuse me, and Leviticus twenty-three, verse sixteen, Shavuot or Feast of Weeks began the seventh day of Sivan, which is of course known as Pentecost. The Western Church, having grown out of the orders of the Roman Empire, namely Constantine, celebrates Pentecost on Sundays to the actual day of Pentecost. Therefore, we have Pentecost Sunday. I guess it's more convenient that way. However, I maintain that God is not a God of convenience, God is a God of order, and He has stated that He has His appointed times. God has made an appointment with us. God is never late for an appointment. To maintain obedience to God's word, we should know these appointed times and keep those appointments. As I've already mentioned in previous episode of The Watchman Speaks, the first month of Nisan and the second month of E.R. are significant in God's time and seasons, not to mention that God operates in certain ways during his seasons. What's that? You didn't listen to those episodes? Hmm. Well, that's okay those episodes are still available for you to listen to go back and listen to them they'll help you in understanding this journey of God's time that I've made available to you as a Bible study every month but I'll just briefly recap and review in the first month of Nisan or Aviv is the Lord's Passover is when God brought the sons of Israel out of Egypt is when our Lord and Savior died on the cross in our place, redeeming us with his blood. It is when God began fulfilling his promises to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to give them a land. He also fulfilled his promise to Israel to sanctify them, deliver them, redeem them, and to give them joy. Exactly the same things Jesus did for us on the cross, except we are not looking for a land, but a kingdom. Nisan is a time to reconfirm our covenant with God through Jesus Christ. In modern church, it is sometimes known as rededication. And having done that, we have prepared for the covenant names of promise of God in Exodus 15, 16, and 17, which occur in the second month of E.R. In Exodus chapter 15, God establishes his covenant name, Yahweh Rapha. God is my healer. When he healed the bitter waters in Exodus chapter 16, God reestablishes his covenant name of Yahweh Yara, God who sees and provides when he provided manna from heaven. In chapter 17, God establishes his covenant name Yahweh Nishi, or God is my banner of victory. When the Amalekites attacked Israel, and Moses stood on the hill with Aaron and Hur, holding up his hands until the battle was won. In the second month of e r after we confirm our side of the covenant in the first month, we can bask in God's healing, his provision, and his victory. Which leads us into the third month of Sewan, and the Feast of Weeks, or Pentecost. The month of Sewan is associated with the tribe of Zebulon, or rather Zebulon is associated with the tribe month of Sewan. When the tabernacle moved in the days of Moses, Zebulon was the third tribe to move out. Judah went up first with praise and in war. Issachar moved second with knowledge of the times, the signs, and the seasons. Zebulon moved out third and were basically the supply train for Judah and Issachar. The tribe of Zebulon were businessmen and they knew how to procure provisions that were needed. Zebulon seemed to be a tribe that by and large were faithful to the Lord. Zebulon is not mentioned by name in regard to the massacre at Shechem or in the selling of Joseph. And the tribe of Zebulon is not mentioned in any of the rebellions in the wilderness that I can find. Zebulon fought alongside Deborah and Gideon in the book of Judges and Elon, a Zebulonite, judged Israel for ten years. Some 50,000 men of Zebulon are said to come help David and served him with undivided heart, something that was not said of any other tribe. Zebulon brought the provisions for the feast of David's coronation at Hebron. The constellation associated with Siwan is Gemini, and I'm not talking about the zodiac or astrology. We're speaking in astronomical terms. Gemini were the twins. And there were two tablets of the commandments. It's a strong link between this month and the strength of receiving the law and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon all flesh. So what does all this mean and how do we apply it? Well, let me give you an example of how it applies and how good God is at orchestrating things. Last week, as I told you about my brother's passing and my nephew preached his first sermon the day before we buried my brother. I informed you that four drug addicts were saved as a result of that sermon and how my nephew was faithful to God in delivering that sermon even though his father lay in a casket. Here's how it played out. In Exodus 6, God made some promises to sanctify the sons of Israel, deliver Israel and redeem Israel, and to be the joy of Israel by taking the people of Israel out of Egypt. Chapter 12 of Exodus The Lord's Passover was instituted and Israel was taken out of Egypt and given the land of Canaan. Eventually, Jesus began filling those same promises again on Passover when he died on the cross, but instead of a land, we're promised an inheritance and a kingdom. It was about this time that my brother's condition began to worsen. He had electrical conductivity issues with his heart and he was scheduled for a dual pacemaker and a Defibrillator it is about this time that my nephew Jamie began to really chase after God seriously, asking for healing for his dad. He committed himself to God in intercession not only on the behalf of my brother but on behalf of the addicts that were recovering as he is. He dedicated himself to God for the benefit of others. Let me say that again. He dedicated himself to God for the benefit of others. As I've said before, this is a time that many Christians would refer to as rededication. The nephew, Jamie, had been sanctified, delivered from addiction, and redeemed. He knew that God was the only hope that one could place hope in. In Exodus chapter 15, the second month of E.R., God healed the bitter waters and instituted his name Yahweh Rapheth, God is my healer. Jamie was healed of his addictions. As he collected his 11th month sobriety coin, he sought healing for his dad and for others. But his dad's condition worsened, and my brother spent 18 days in the hospital only to find that he not only had conductivity issues in his heart, but bladder cancer as well. In Exodus chapter 16, God reiterated his name, Yahweh Yerah, or God who sees and provides when he provided manna from heaven for Israel to eat. Jamie was hoping for the best and preparing for the worst as his dad's condition worsened. But God provided the desire, the strength, the endurance to maintain Jamie's faith. In Exodus 17, in the second month of El, the Amalekites attacked Israel. Moses went up on a hill, and as long as he held his hands up in praise, Israel prevailed. Israel learned something about praise that day and that as long as God was praised, the battle would be won. This initiated God's third covenant name in the second month, Yahweh Nishi, or God is my banner of victory. Jamie was praising God for four addicts that were delivered the day before he buried his dad. Even in death, God is praised. Jamie knew where his dad was. The following weekend, Jamie returned to that same rehab facility where four addicts had been saved and baptized 13 more. Praise God! I wonder if God was the banner of victory for those 17. Which brings us to the third month of one. What happened when the Holy Spirit was poured out on all flesh? Only... 3,000 were saved. Are you kidding me? 3,000. You see, Jamie has confirmed his covenant with Christ. He has seen and experienced the three covenant names of God in the second month, although he may not yet be aware of it. Now, with this preparation and this momentum, I cannot wait to see the fresh outpouring of the Spirit in the third month of Sejuan. What plans does God have for Jamie Ray? Praise you, Father. Thank you. Now some of you may be wondering why God chose not to heal my brother. I don't have a definitive answer, but I do know this. Because of my brother's death, a fire has been stoked within my nephew. I know that by Holy Spirit, engaging through his efforts, the seventeen drug addicts have been saved and baptized seventeen. That's more than most churches baptized in six months or, in some cases, even a year. Because of this Holy Spirit fire burning within my nephew, there are 17 empty parking spaces in hell. I say that my brother's death glorifies God by the continued actions of his son. Now, in case you didn't know, my nephew Jamie is a recovering addict himself. A year ago, life was so hopeless for him that he hanged himself. My brother and sister-in-law cut him down. But he survived with no long-term ill effects. He is a walking miracle. He has a million-dollar testimony that he doesn't want anyone else to have. He's out there to share Jesus and win just one more person. He's being obedient to the call and purpose on his life. My question, are you being obedient to the call and purpose on your life? Do you share Jesus to win just one more? Now, my nephew deals with addicts in particular. Imagine how many no's he must hear before he gets a yes. In the third month, say one, and America, my goodness, the church needs a fresh outpouring of Holy Spirit in the worst kind of way. As I have said, God works in his time and in his season. Are you prepared for Pentecost? Do you even observe Pentecost? Or do you merely tip your hat and continue along your way blindly? I am the old watchman Ezekiel. When God makes appointments, he keeps them. Do you keep those appointments? You have been warned. Well, that's all for now. I thank you for your time and participation. Our time together is precious to me. Please, come and visit me at theoldwatchman.com for show notes, articles, video content, book reviews, Bible study material reviews, and Bible study methods. It's my hope and prayer that you get to know me through this podcast. Through the website at theoldwatchman.com, I can get to know you. If you liked content, consider following The Old Watchman on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. See you next time. May nothing in your life be missing, nothing in your life be broken. Shalom.